Go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 24th episode of The Gentleman's Breakfast. First time recording from a virtual couch here. Uh, we've attempted before. Hopefully this one actually makes it to air. Last time we had uh, a lot of issues connecting, and I'm going to say having the same kind of camaraderie that we normally do on the show. How are you, Seamus? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Playing a lot of golf. Glad to see some things haven't changed, that you're still sucking down a nice Sierra Nevada. Nice cold Sierra. You can see about 60 or 70 of them kicking around on the countertop in the background. I mean, as we discussed last episode, still adapting to New York and how fucking hot it is here. And uh, I've kind of just been adapting to it. I kind of just sit in and sweat now. At first, I would pace around and not know what to do in my apartment at like 10 p.m. when I was supposed to go to bed. But now I just lay there and sweat. It's at a point now, though, where like all my sweat is seeping into my furniture gradually. It's <laughs> gross. Um, I know, and I'm like, I'm like rotating couch cushions and stuff to make sure I'm not always sitting on the same place because otherwise it would cause permanent damage to the furniture. Well, with all this heat, are you like losing a quick six or seven lbs? I I think. My water weight fluctuation over the course of a week is pretty significant because sometimes I will notice the belt loops, you know, I'll hit my standard uh, one notch, two notch system yeah. and I'll be going, you know, two notches in the morning. So, yeah, um, my mattress smells very unique for me sweating at night. Uh, it's a horrible place. And it, for those of you... <laughs> That are wondering, like, well, why don't you just go and get AC? I do have AC. There's a giant fucking AC unit up in the ceiling of this place, and I can hear it just working its little heart out all the time. It's, it's just pissing in the wind. It's not doing anything. Yeah. I need to learn to stop living on the top floor of buildings because the top floor is always the worst, like, climate control. Yeah. I mean, you being the forever optimist that you are, name some things that you like about New York. I like that I don't have to get on a plane. Like, in the words of a guy that was in front of me in line for the only flight that I've taken since I moved here, which was to Wisconsin, we got delayed and then we missed a connection and the guy just breaks down. He's like, fuck this flying shit. <laughs> Middle-aged guy? Yeah, 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 it's, it, yeah, it's pretty tough. That's about... That's really about all that I can say for this place. Uh, the talent is very high quality. I can say that as well. Oh, yeah. I've got to readjust my mental state to actually being on the spectrum here because the supply and demand balance is very different. You're the king of breakfast food. you got to let people fucking know that out at the bar. New York well, City. not only that, but my being fat here, <laughs> while not great, is, uh, you know, people are willing to eat further into that ranking rank order here because they have to. Well, you know what so. I, I've always highlighted to you when we were in Chicago last month? You're, you you got to hide the fat. You're not good at hiding the fat. So you're still hanging <laughs> on to those shirts that fit you two years ago when there was a slender Jake. Uh, you know, you, if, you, if they don't know, I mean, ultimately the goal is to get it back. Lights are out. And they've already committed, right? <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. I mean, yeah. There's a decent amount of my wardrobe that you pretty much just referred to as, yeah, why don't you put that one back in the oven? 
Yeah. Um, all right. What do you got for us today? Um, what else have I got? Oh, I mean, on top of the, uh, on top of the heat, shit keeps breaking in my wildly expensive apartment, uh, which is managed by, you know, two private individuals. So fucking toilet doesn't flush right anymore. AC's not really working right. This light's been out since I moved in here. But it also, and the longer it goes, the worse that this gets. I've lived here for two and a half months now. I have like three pieces of furniture and my entire countertop is covered in beers. So until I get that sorted out, I'm not going to call the landlord in here to fix, to fix something. So I'm really in this conundrum. Uh, I've got to get my wife together before I can have the landlord come over here and get my apartment together. I feel like you've said that a lot, though. Do you think there's going to be any certain, like, t- on Sunday you're going to address the beer bottle situation, or do you think this no, is No, a- I think I need to just get some professional help in here to buy furniture and shit. <laughs> yeah. Things that I don't think of. Like, I go, to, I go to Crate and Barrel, and I wander around for 30 minutes and get all pissed off, and might buy, like, a couple mugs and some glasses and, like, almost nothing else, so... Someone needs to come and buy, like, uh, perhaps some framed artwork, a rug, something of that nature. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, while you've been feverishly working, trying to save, make more money for your company, the Olympics have been going on. Uh, the big highlight this week, and probably the two things you need to know, Ryan Lochte, the U.S. swimmer, lied about getting mugged. Made it That's up. The only, that is the only thing that I've seen about the Olympics. Lied about getting mugged because they really needed to pee at a gas station. The gas station attendant wouldn't let them get in. So then they broke the door down and peed in there. And they lied to Why them. not pee on the street? Well, they ended up doing that. Uh, and it's got uh, cameras of it. And he decided to tell a story that everybody else got a gun pointed to him. And he just said, whatever. And everybody else got down on the ground. And he didn't get on the ground. So Brazil right. actually got upset about it and was like, no, none of this shit happened. In Brazil, it's it's illegal to fal- to falsify like a crime, to misreport a crime. Yeah, so they grabbed the three other swimmers and pulled them off a flight and Lochte had already left. Yeah. Uh, so that was that. And then, I, I, this is embarrassing to say, or I don't know if embarrassing or it's wrong, there is a 17-year-old track star for the U.S. that runs like the 400 relay, Sydney McLaughlin. Yeah. Stunning. Going to be a supermodel. If she's one year shy, you'd be able to say that. Give Why is that? That's just like a hey. weird society thing. In season three or four of The Gentleman's Breakfast, you can talk about her all you want. This year, <laughs> so she's, she's off limits. Yeah. But and then nothing really what, else what, happened. The, the fucking Lochte thing, what blows me away is he's what? Lochte's what? Like 31? Thirty one or thirty two, yeah. This is his second or third Olympics. And the kids that he's out there with are I don't know, low twenties. Right. I think one of them might have actually been under twenty one. Uh and he's the one that's like, you know, the ringleader of this shit that's leading like the lies and stuff. And what I also don't get is so they made it they bribed their way out of this thing. 
right. and then they made it back to the Olympic Village. Fine. Why didn't they just go to bed and call it a day? I don't know. Maybe they got into trouble when they got back or something, and they had to, they had to come up with something. Yeah, I think he was. They were just trying to cover if like the U.S. Olympic Committee or whatever was going to get on him. But yeah, it was a, it was a doofus move. Like even the international Olympic Committee person said, "Hey, you know, we're young. We all make mistakes. We're past it." Which I was very surprised that they said that. Um, yeah, it just shows you how much of a doofus this guy is. Yep. Which brings yep. me to my other point. Like a lot of people have been arguing. You know, you always think the Olympians is great athletes, and there's some random sports that people are good at. Um, are, are you about? To argue that Olympians are not great athletes because you're the consummate athlete. No, no, no. They're they're better athletes than me. I'll I'll, I'll go on record with that. Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know how. As long as that's starting. Huh? As long as that's our starting point, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't know how great athletes they are though. Like Phelps is a great swimmer. He's a great competitor. He's won 23 gold medals, 29 medals. But is he that great? Like if you if you taught. LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, how to swim. Uh, this is the barstool bit where it's uh, if LeBron James learned how to play handball, how long would it take him to be the greatest handball player in the world? Well, to the, which the U.S. To, handball you know, coach commented on that. He goes six months. He said he said that it would take him like six months. <laughs> Handball's really fun. Have you watched that? I, can't, I literally don't understand the rules, but it's fun to watch. No, I, I haven't watched it. I, I only play racquetball and squash. I'm hot garbage at squash. Handball, you kind of run around. You can only take like three or four steps without bouncing it. You jump in the air. This is kind of like a three-point line where you shoot from. Nobody can get within like eight feet of the goalie. But it, it's obviously a harder oh, yeah, sport. That's right. It's that handball. It's like soccer, but you carry the ball. It's that's played right. on like a basketball court looking thing. It's a small little net. It's pretty interesting, and you can tell it's like a, a skill and position thing because all the guys out there are like mid-30s, 40s years old. They're not young guys out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't it, know. I mean, a lot of random stuff out there. I, I Personally, I like the winter sports for the random – or the winter Olympics for the random sports better where I can get into like curling. That's like a beer-drinking sport. Um, random skiing shit. Um. But I did. I caught Usain Bolt in the 100 free. Oh, it's just—he's unbelievable. He it's, won by a mile, and he does it so effortlessly. So I think he's a legitimate athlete. Like speed—he's just pure speed, right? Like you can't—you can't really argue that. Like he is a talent that nobody else in the world is. My point with Phelps is, when he was a kid, some bum guy named Chris Humphreys, who dated Kim Kardashian, basketball player, yeah, was like seconds faster than Phelps and everything at the age of 12, and then he just burnt out. Yep. And you see that guy on a basketball court, and he looks like he has two left feet. So it just kind of proves my point. Like, yeah, he's a great athlete, but if we took... It's a niche sport. Not everybody swims when they grow up, right? Everybody shoots a basketball in this country, eventually gets a baseball bat in their hand. Very few people, I would say, have swum in a lane for time, if that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, another uh, big beef I have recently. Seamus, I'm, I, what I'm really concerned with right now is it's, what, 7, 10 a.m. there on Saturday. 7 yeah. to 24. I know when I was there, we would have been up and at them. You would have been playing some stupid rap music. <laughs> we would have been out the door. 
you know, probably in a few minutes here. How much have your Saturdays changed since I left? Uh, I, I will admit that it is, uh, you know, like when you, when you're bored, when you were younger, if you, well, you didn't have a little brother, neither did I, but I was a little brother. Like you were bored and you want to entertain <laughs> yourself. You just wake up like, oh, let me like wake, wake this guy up and he'll entertain me, right? He'll do whatever I wanted to do. I miss that aspect. Right, where yeah, I, I just picture. quickly go, okay, I can go out yeah. to eat. I can do everything I want and not look like a weirdo because I have somebody with me. <laughs> That's the definition of a, of a relationship, actually, is what that is. So. Yeah. That just fur- furthers the myth. What uh, Boone's too concerned with the, uh, associating with females To... Somewhat. Oh, okay. Somewhat. All Somewhat. Right. Somewhat. Um, but yeah, I missed right. that. Uh, I'll tell you what, it took me a while to go to the Marina Lounge. I uh, avoided that place for a bit. Uh, I was in there last week. It was good to see uh, uh, the bartender, Jake, there. But yeah, it, it's changed yeah. a little bit. I've played a lot a lot more golf, actually, getting into the fr- Friday tradition. But, uh, another... I've been surprised about that. Uh, you know, the weirdest thing now is... I have a beef with people that are bad Snapchatters. Yeah, I agree with you. Because it's not like Facebook or Instagram. Like, if you have bad content, nobody just puts out stupid shit on Instagram. But Snapchat, everybody feels like, well, it's going to go away. Let me Snapchat this. And the way the stories roll into each other now, like, some people, I, I really don't care what you're doing. I've actually defriended good friends on Snapchat because I think their shit's boring. <laughs> I'm not even going to skip over the Snapchat. You just you have to have them out of your feed because you're sick of getting the notification. Well, because the way the feed works, right? It just rolls into the next one. Yep, yep. And then after, it does it, it does jam up your feed. You're right. And so I've given them a couple uh, weeks. I've given them a month. I've assessed it. I go, maybe I'm acting irrational. Sleep on it. And I go, no. And then he puts out like another thing that's really fucking stupid. And I'm like, done with this. Defriended. I've also had the conversation where someone's like, hey, I thought we were friends on Snapchat. Do you think if you were better friends with them that you'd be willing to sift through the bullshit? Uh, one of my friends, I sift through, I, one of them, I sift through the bullshit, but he'll snap like random people that nobody knows, and he'd be like, "Hey, look, Carl's drinking a beer. Like, good for fucking Carl. Like, just really <laughs> stupid shit." And I, I, I just have to have a sit down with him. He's the only one yeah. I really held out on. But yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, there is, sometimes people are just snapping just what's going on. And sometimes there's nothing going on. Yeah. So, look, I've definitely encountered... I actually, I keep them in my Snapchat feed. Because then when other people are around, I can, I can whip it out as being the most boring Snapchat I've ever seen. And I know, before I even hit that fucking button, it's going to be a picture of a chicken sandwich. Or something <laughs> like that, right? Like, it's going to be just fucking nothing. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, uh, I, I always like. Kind of, uh, I perversely enjoy it, but. I like to always address when I'm right, and you know. I kind of predicted what was going to go on with the U.S. Uh, presidential election. Uh, you were scared and worried, like Zika virus, yeah. that Donald what? Trump was actually going to get elected. Oh, uh, look, we can't call it yet, but yes, it does look like his campaign is in shambles. I mean, that being said, though, everyone's got to get to the polls, Seamus. It looks like I'm running his campaign. Maybe worse. <laughs> well, he's been through like four or five people. He hired a new CEO of his campaign, which I didn't even know that campaigns had CEOs. 
And then I, I saw, I saw the week after that that his the chairman of uh, uh, resigned. So that must have been why he did it. Like he didn't want, he oddly enough he didn't want to fire the guy, so he just hired someone else to do his job and gave him a new title, which is not something that I'm unfamiliar with in my in my current job. But there was uh, it was easy what. There was one bit on MSN or CNN, this lady's interviewing one of his uh, pollsters or campaign people, advisors, and this blowhard gets on and she goes, you guys are down in every single poll. He goes, who says that? Who says that? Where is that? He goes, which ones? He goes, and she goes, every one. The internet? And she, he goes, yeah. which ones? Which ones? He, he, and she goes, no, literally every single poll that's out there says you're down. And then he just sits there like yeah. quietly and then he just like shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> but I, I, I I'm to, I'm really I'll catching on to, I'm really catching on the conspiracy I, I that loved, that Donald Trump I, I, I knew all along. If they would have Oh, that Donald Trump knew he was gonna lose all along? No, I think I think this might be an inside job with Hillary. I think he was just trying to mock the Republican process. Um, uh Seamus, get that shit out of here. You don't think so? Look at it, it's feasible. No, it's not feasible. The guy is completely bonkers nuts. Like he actually, because he thought that he could be president. Uh, well, maybe not because he thought. Okay, maybe originally he didn't think that he could be president, but he at least wanted to get his name out there because he's an ego egomaniac. And then as it picked up speed, because the thing is, if you listen to him speaking at rallies, it sounds like shit that you see on the History Channel in black and white from fucking World War II. Like, it is crazy cult of personality type shit. And you don't do that if you're just trying to make a mockery of the Republican system. You don't have to do too much to do that. You just have to be like John McCain and fucking pick Sarah Palin as your running mate. Like, they do it to themselves. So... I don't buy that. There was a pretty good satirical uh, satirical bit, though, where uh, they, they hypothesized if two comedians were actually running Donald Trump's campaign. And they originally, they originally ran it as a joke, and then the message really took off. <laughs> and it just, showed, it just shows the two of them in a room, like, chain-smoking, trying to figure out how to tank the campaign. And they have this whole staff around them. And the guy's like, wait, why, why do we have a staff? Why are people bringing us coffee now? He's like, dude, it would look weird if we didn't. <laughs> and then it shows him writing tweets and stuff. And, like, a guy's on the phone. And then he yells at an intern, like, tweet out, uh, bombing in Pakistan, 42 dead, only I can fix. Don't change a word of that. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, – exploration of your thought but no he's uh at this point he's both crazy and serious at the same time well it seems that you've got you've calmed down off your ledge a little bit realizing that he's not gonna win and you're not as worried about it and you see it, it you see it for entertainment value which i've seen all along is my point he's spiraling the biggest problem is that uh public opinion does not always align with who shows up to the polls right so Got to keep the pressure on. Cannot have this fucking joker in the White House. And we're going to have to live with four years of Hill Dog. I think 
She's only going to make it four years. How much? Uh, and it is what it is. How much golf you think Bill's going to get in while he's in the office? I mean, that's got to be the greatest job in the world. He's just got to pillow talk Hillary how to be president. Uh, that's a great point. He's probably well. You, do you know how much money they've made off of speaking in the last like twelve years? Uh, five hundred million. Five hundred million dollars. Between Bill and Hillary. In the last, between Bill and Hillary. Now, I mean, I, I don't criticize that. More power to him. Like, if someone were going to offer me half a million dollars to go and give, you know, a 45-minute long talk and shake some hands and maybe go to a dinner, yeah, of course. Like, who who wouldn't do that? So right. that's why it, it drives me nuts when anyone throws shade on that. But uh, it's pretty impressive. Like, they must have been running – a pretty heavy circuit to rack up those kind of funds. Yeah. Uh, good for them. Good yeah. For them. yeah. Uh, you, and, you know, Bill's just out in Arkansas somewhere, just sipping an old fashioned, staring at some 23 year old, you know, sitting at a table by himself at a restaurant. Um, <laughs> what do you think the rules are there though? Like, obviously he's, I don't, I mean, he looks kind of like a shell of a human being i don't even know if he's got the energy to get the little guy yeah. up anymore well he's already been through a presidency and look at what our presidents look like at the beginning and at the end right so yeah. he already went through that washed up shell process and now he's getting dragged through this again uh, i can't imagine what that's like but he's also going to be you know he's going to be the first gentleman yeah i guess what we're going to call him yeah maybe we'll get him on the podcast Speaking of <laughs> speaking of presidents being uh, burnt out, you know, you thought Obama was going to go out pretty well, ratings high, and then all of a sudden his his daughter's trying to burst out of the White House, smoking jays, grinding on dudes at Lollapalooza. That's got to be tough. I'm power sorry, move. I received a phone call. We had technical difficulties. Yeah, it was a power move there. I thought you didn't want to hear what I had to say and just put. No, no, no. I received a phone call. Hold on. Uh, no, sorry. By hold on, I mean I mean go ahead. I'm gonna text this guy not to call me again. <laughs> uh, for a little bit. No, Malia. Yeah, but Malia's power moves bursting out of the White House, smoking a joint, rubbing rubbing on dicks at a Lollapalooza. I mean, that's does the secret agent. Uh, that's watching her. You got to let her live, right? Like you can't interrupt that. Did you what see her going out partying, doing whatever? Yeah, like you got to let her live. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you receive instructions from the mother and father, and uh, maybe sometimes you intervene. I I don't know what that setup is. Uh, I mean, all that I know is what I've seen on House of Cards, where apparently, you know, your uh, Secret Service person you can occasionally have sex with. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll end on that. Uh, we'll go to the report card. Would you like to tip off, or would you like to, me to lead? Sure. Uh, I'm going to rate you on uh, New York boroughs. <laughs> so we got five to work with. And I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going to go with this. I'm going to give you a Queens. I'm going to give you a Queens. Okay? Why is that? I'm giving you a Queens because, I mean, you're a guy that you've always been in and around the big city, right? Yeah. You had a, jo you had a job in New York. You're a guy from Massachusetts, which 
has a large city in the state, I guess. Uh, you, you know, you live in San Francisco now. Um, these are some pretty high-flying places, right? But you're always kind of the, you know, outer borough kind of guy. That you're in there, you're in the mix, you're judging it a bit. You adopt some of the personalities of it. Like you're wearing these, you know, kind of hipster glasses now. But not all of them. So you're not like a Brooklyn that's all the way in. You're like Queens. It's right next to Brooklyn. On the outside a bit. You're involved. You're not fully in. And you're still poking fun. That's fair. That's fair. I mean... Yeah. Yours, yours is uh, yours is yours is kind of interesting because I'm taking the great neighborhood that you live in now, right? Of the New York neighborhoods. Sure. And, you know, most people would look at it like, "Wow, you live in like a really nice neighborhood where everybody wants to live, kind of a hip area." But you need we figured out everything we need to know about you just by looking over your shoulder and seeing those seventy, eighty beers that are empty, and you're you should be drinking those beers at a bar. Not in the comfort of your own leisure there. Um, well, yeah, but at at midnight on a weekday when I get back from work and I got to get back in at 6 or 7 a.m., I mean, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I mean, you live in a, a cool neighborhood only strictly because of convenience. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that says a lot about you because of how close it is to your job. And I mean, how far is the local package store? What's the guy's name that sells you all that beer? Oh, uh... I've got a couple that I go to. It depends on the how, how late it is at night. There's a little grocery store a couple blocks south called Gourmet Garage. And then there's a place a couple blocks away that I don't even think has a name on it. There's just an Asian man in there chain smoking that, you know, he'll... I, I noticed the other day he started double stocking Sierra Nevada. Because <laughs> I'll go in there and buy them out about once or twice a week i'll just buy them all uh so i've got two facings in the store now so that i was pretty proud of that yeah that's a pretty good accomplishment not too many people can say that but all right yeah we'll, we'll end on that till next time uh appreciate you uh waking up and doing this i like this little uh skype thing I can see your physical reactions uh that's all i got till next time uh, all right bye